Hey everyone, welcome to the Coastal Podcast. I'm Pastor Lucas Granger and want to say thank you for listening in. May this podcast bring some light to your world today. Enjoy grace and peace. Good morning, Coastal. Man, Chris squeezed in like 17 announcements in three minutes. Come on, give it up for Chris. Man, that was good, buddy. Man, worship was just powerful. What a powerful name. Come on, the name of Jesus. It reminded me, we were singing the song, and it reminded me of the story I heard one time. Uh, there was an a, a older lady, and she's coming out of the store, and she has her pocketbook with her, and somebody tries to rob her. And she, it was just one of those days where, like, you were not going to mess with this grandma. And she looked at that thief in his eyes and said, in the name of Jesus, and dude just, like, ran out of the parking lot. Like, come on. You know, the name of Jesus. Gosh, such a powerful, powerful name. Father, friend, lover, savior, healer, foundation. What do you call him? How do you know him? He's my engine that keeps the car running. He's my tires that never run flat. Come on. He's that four foot deep concrete block that my house sits on that it doesn't matter if a category four is coming or not. Name above every name. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. I just don't want to miss this moment. Jesus, we just speak the name of Jesus in this house. Lord, for someone right now that doesn't know peace, we speak the name of Jesus. For someone that came full of fear and anxiety, we speak the name of Jesus. Lord, for someone who's experienced a bad doctor's report, we speak the name of Jesus. Lord, for some family that's going through a crisis, Jesus. For marriages, Jesus. For this church, Jesus. For Brunswick County, Jesus. For men and women that are far from you this morning, we speak the name of Jesus. And Lord, in this moment, <clears throat> I just pray over our churches in Brunswick County. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would be one, just as you and the Father are one. Teach us how to speak your name together in a manner that our county would hear your name above the name of Coastal that your name would be above the name of highest praise and generations and every other church, that it would just be the name of Jesus and that revival would come to our county. Lord, change is possible because there's power in your name. God, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. The powerful name of the resurrected Christ. And everyone said, amen. amen. Hey, guys, we got a special 
special treat for us this morning. Um, those of you know, we just have a special place in our hearts for the, the recovery center. And so this morning, I want to invite Mr. Josh Torbich up to the stage to bring the word. Give it up for him, Coastal. Josh is over the recovery center, bringing it. Hey, good morning, church. I um, sure do love your church group here and all of the people in here. I'll tell you, I met your pastor and started developing a relationship with him a few years ago. He has this person who used to come out at 530 in the morning. Maybe it's an alter ego of himself, but we named that person Mermaid and we're a part of this group called F3. We go roll around in the park and work out and do all these crazy exercises before the crack of dawn, but something happens when it starts getting cold. Our numbers start slimming down. <laughs> the Beach Boys ain't built for it. My wife, Casey, will wake me up some more and she'll say, are you going to work out? And I'll look at the temperature and I'll be like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to work out. But look, we love you guys and we appreciate you so much. And it's really a privilege to be a part of your service this morning. And uh, today, I pray that you came expecting. Um, because I know that if we can't get past the point where you're not expecting, then there's nothing else to come that follows. So today, I hope that you came expecting. You ready to get into the word? If you're ready to get into the word, say, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, turn with me to Matthew chapter 17. I was uh, trying on a late birthday present recently, and uh, I came out of the closet, and they were a new pair of pants. And uh, my birthday's in October 2nd, and maybe I got around to trying on these pants. You know, she always tells me, my wife, I have the smartest, prettiest, most intellectual wife anyone's ever met, okay? <laughs> she always tells me, try it on, when you, but there's something about boys, okay? There's something about men. They get... They don't want to try anything on until they actually get to where I'm going to use it. So I tried on these pants, and it was a month later. And I came out of the closet, and there was something filling off about them. And I said, babe, are these pants too tight? <laughs> and you know, if you got to ask the question, what's already, like 99.9%, .9 what's going on? with? Yeah, they're probably too tight. But in all of her wisdom... She leans back, hmm. and she, tell me if y'all can uh, amen this or this phrase before. Y'all are in the South, so look, maybe just a smidge. <laughs> maybe just, see, I know what she was doing. She was trying to thread the needle between the pant size's current situation while she really tried to focus on being compassionate to my current situation. That, I know she was doing that, right? But it's a, just a smidge, and it's like, oh boy, well, just a smidge makes a big difference. <laughs> so uh, naturally, uh, we tried to take them back, and it was already past the return policy. But I'm telling tell anyone, so here, anyone ever been inside of the kitchen trying to cook their parents' recipe before? And you're asking about all of the measurements that need to go into the secret sauce that it goes with it. And you say, well, how much of this do I put in it? And your mom yells across the kitchen, what? Just a smidge, because if you put too much, whoa, too much, it makes a big difference. You know, just, just a smidge will do, because you'll change the entire flavor of the situation if you put more than just a little bit. Just a little bit. We're surrounded by a whole lot of calamity 
Y'all know that? A whole lot of calamity. Everywhere you turn, I'll tell you what, the phones in our pockets, the televisions that we watch at night, all of the relationships that we might have in the community. I'll tell you what, my family, I have four brothers and sisters and parents, and it's always, there's always something going on. How many of you guys, there's always something that draws your attention. And God gives us this sentiment, God is so good and he's so powerful, like we sang this morning, that just a smidge cancels out all the calamity. Let me tell you the peace and the joy that the creator of the universe brings into situations. And this is how I know that God can take people from their lowest of lows, turn out situations to where all of that noise, that where all of the opportunities that we have to feel depressed, discouraged, anxious about the things that are going on, that as soon as I get close to him, just a smidge will do. And I'll tell you what he wants to do. He wants to give you more. See, I'm so grateful That he is so effective in his relationship with us. That we can feel his power and his presence just as soon as we draw close to him. But I know that there's more to it. Listen to this. I want to share with you guys something that I found this morning. I'm going to talk to you a little bit in Matthew chapter 17. And we're going to look today how just a little bit can make a huge difference. Difference for some people. Very common scripture. This is actually just right after the Mount of Transfiguration. And I'll tell you what a powerful experience if you go up in this block of text earlier in this chapter and you see that kind of engagement that Jesus and many of his disciples got to go through. But we're starting in verse 14. I want you guys to hear this. As they came down from the mountain at the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into water. So I so I brought him to your disciples. But this happened. They couldn't heal him. Jesus turned and responded and said, you faithless and corrupt people. How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon and the boy and it left him from that moment. The boy continued to live well. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this group. Father, I just ask you that your presence would use itself. Your Holy Spirit would communicate to the people the exact message and the word that they would need to hear. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. I want to introduce to you guys this morning, maybe a little bit how Jesus felt. When you read this block of text and you trickle down it, you get to see an immediate introduction of frustration. Now, I know that sometimes frustration can lead you to a place that you don't want to be. okay? because frustration begets other things that are emotionally unstable. But I'm telling you today, Jesus, you get to see a representation of him where he was frustrated and was introduced from the scene of failure and the disciples failure. He was clearly disappointed that the disciples could not accomplish what he believes they were built for. See, there's the, there's this sentiment that I oftentimes see, and there's this there's this phrase that oftentimes church folks, we're the worst ones sometimes, church folks will share this phrase so much, but I'm gonna tell you, it's the phrase where faith goes to die. You know what it looks like? Let me show y'all. I'll give you the Well, I guess it's just meant to be. How many times have I seen this over-spiritualized response to situations whenever we reach a place where there's this mountain, this obstacle in front of us, and the frustration from our perspective starts creeping in because the first swipe or the second swipe or maybe even the third swipe at this huge, massive obstacle falls short of actually standing on top of it and then we just go, hmm, 
guess it was just meant to be. In 2018, uh, a friend in our community gave us a really kind and generous gift. It was about seven and a half acres. And uh, currently, we had 14 beds at the recovery center. And our sights had been set on trying to be more useful to people in occupancy and in services for a while. And as soon as that property came down the pipe and the deed signed over to us, I said, wow, praise the Lord. And uh, being a much more naive version of myself, I drove down to the town that this property is in and I signed up to go through the rezoning process and all those other things. So I met at their fire department maybe a month later. And uh, when I pulled up in the parking lot, I saw all the cars that were gathered there. And you know what I thought? Wow. Look how many people are here to support us. (laughs) I started feeling so holy. I said, thank you, Lord. I said, you know, you start getting like the ministry ego attached, like we're so good. These people just showed up because they believe in us so much. Man, I'm telling you, when I walked in that place, it was so thick you could cut it with a knife. <laughs> y'all ever, y'all know what NIMBY is? Not in my backyard. I was leaving uh, the meeting, and of course we got turned down. I was completely unequipped. Like, I was just so shook that they were even there to speak. I didn't think it was possible. But I walked out of the meeting, and someone caught me in the parking lot, and they gave me that. Like, man, Pat patted me on the back. I guess it's just not meant to be. And I thought about it. I remember like walking to my truck and thinking about it and then driving home 40 minutes to think about it and then going through the entire site. And I said, you know, no, I just can't bring that to settle with my spirit that this isn't meant to be. It was holy and pleasing. The mission is valuable. There's a point to what we're doing. There, there's no way that. It, and I'm just saying, like, can you show me the people who come out of a situation that looks like a monstrous mountain and you don't hit the nail on the head? It doesn't show me the people who doesn't have it in their vocabulary to say it's not meant to be. But like, what are we going to try next? Does anyone hear what I'm talking? There's not if you're doing what God's called you to do and God has blessed it in Jesus name to be holy and pleasing and edification to the church and the community and to his kingdom work. Then there is no taking the L. They're saying, oh, show me the people inside of our community who step forward and they say, what? We might have to try something different. But we can still do it. We we might have to look. Have you thought about this? We can still do it. But have you thought about this? I'll tell you, when when you get that thing on you. You come to find out that God oftentimes uses the mountain To make us pause. I didn't say to stop. Y'all know the difference. I said that oftentimes when an obstacle presents itself. It doesn't mean let discouragement creep in. And change the direction that you were headed in. It means this really cool word that we know from our VCRs back in the 90's. Pause. Just pause. Because 
what you're doing was God-given. And where you're going with it is God-given. But you got a little bit of a better way on how to get there. I'll tell you, the first representation of what that looked like inside of my life turned out to be the most impactful experience. One of the most relationship building exercises that I've ever been with through the creator of the universe. I'm going to have to find a different way might be the better language. Maybe it's supposed to look a little bit different, but don't give me that it wasn't. Maybe it's just not meant to be. You know, go home, give up, do something. I said, what if your problem wasn't a God-sized problem? It was really a you-sized problem that you just needed God with you. Isn't that valuable today from the lessons of the disciples? Why would Jesus, the respecter of all authority, come up and say, why would you not do this? I created you to do that. So maybe today it's not a God-sized problem. It's a you-sized problem. And we just need God to go through it with us. What I know and what I've seen from so many of his well-serving kids is that we were built for more than we suspect we were. That we were built to do more. That we were built to give more. And guess what? I love this relationship with Christ. Because I've never seen someone who's inherently chalking every action that they do up to the kingdom work. And reciprocity doesn't find a way to activate inside of their lives. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. And guess what I do? I'm endeared to it. I'm endeared to it. I wish I would have known it the first day that I said amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I know it's a relationship and it takes time to build that kind of thing. And when you see that, I wish I would have known it the first day that I said amen. 19 says, afterward, the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out that demon? Jesus responded, you don't have enough faith. Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you had faith. Even as small as a mustard seed, you would be able to look at a mountain, move it from here to there, and it would move. There's nothing that wouldn't be impossible for you. I need to talk to you all about this little bitty mustard seed real quick. I need to talk to you about the little bitty mustard seed in contrast to the big mountain. Like This perspective is a perfect analogy for our problems and obstacles. And I'm and I'm telling you, they don't they do seem to be massive. And sometimes what we've been built up with from the kingdom of God and what he's put inside of us seems to shrink in the midst of all of this stuff. It seems to drive itself into the smallest, deepest place where it becomes almost more of a tradition that we're practicing than it is an exercise. How many of you guys understand what I'm saying? He says, so I have also come to see that the mustard seed is the perfect analogy for what God put in us. It oftentimes does see, seem very small. The mountain is what it is. This is when, when I'm reading this text and I get to see something in comparison and I want to contrast it to kind of the analogy and the representation, the thing that we all know about mountains. Let me tell you about this mountain. The mountain has no ability for growth. How many of y'all use this in your regular phraseology during the week? It is what it is. How many of y'all are? It is what it isers. It is what it is. What? That's like your form of acceptance, right? 
You're saying that as your way of coaching yourself through to be, well, it is what it is. Yeah, there's a problem. Well, let me tell you about every single obstacle that presents itself to you that would block you off or make you take the hard pause from what you were called to do, from what you were created to do. Guess what I already know about it? It is what it is. And I know this thing about the seed. And when you look at the representation of the seed, the seed has something that the mountain never will be able to create. Do you know what it is? Thank you, God. It's called potential. See, there's this thing buried inside of you. It's buried inside of you that God created. And he put this thing in you called potential. There's, there's potential for you to change. There's potential for you to grow. There, there's somebody, would somebody just say just a smidge? Say just a smidge. See, this is where I came with one up this morning because Romans 12 tells me that everyone was dealt just a smidge of faith. There's some, it tells me in there that to every man, God has already dealt a portion of faith. So when you're running on E, you have to remember that there's something in there that's just a smidge. And just like your mom's chili, just a smidge will do it. When you're stuck inside of these situations that look like you're not supposed to keep going, and you hit the pause button, and you redirect, and you move, there is no, oh, oh boy, I guess it ain't meant to be. Let that thing that I know is there, it pulls up out of you and says, just a smidge of faith. What if I told you that what God put in you, though seemingly small at some points, can make a massive difference? Can make a huge impact. I'm endeared to this story about the Chinese bamboo tree, and I was really shocked whenever I heard this shared with me. And this Chinese bamboo tree, it spends five years in the ground. You don't believe that? It never sees the light of day after it's planted for five years. And guess what it requires? Daily water and daily attention. But after that five years... After the five years, it breaks through. And in five weeks, it aspires to a height of 90 foot. Can you believe that? When God said that my foundation was right, he started multiplying the opportunities around me. So fast. It felt like I was going through such a long process of years trying to get to where he wanted me to be. But man, I'm telling you, as soon as the scene was set, he started to pick up the pace. I, I thank God that he's a God sometimes of pick up the pace. I thank God that he's not just going to hold you back from something that as soon as you're ready and as soon as you're qualified for the next thing that's coming for you, then the doors and the windows of heaven just seem to start opening. And I've watched them happen. If you only have just a smidge of what I put in you, then you can do big things. Big, big things. I've watched people who've fallen victim to that sentiment of allowing failure in certain situations to become a permanent residence for them. 
And I work with a lot of people like that every day. And they're stuck inside of that cycle. That cycle of, I won't revisit things because I have this belief, this sentiment that sits on me every day. And it's generated from the deepest, darkest places inside my, the, the places that God would call the places of unbelief inside of us. And it's generated from there that makes me say, I, there's no point. I've tried that before. I've done that before. There's, there's no point in trying to head or move in this direction because I've been there and done that. I was ministering in a church in Texas one time, and uh, it was a place called the Sabine Tabernacle. And I was working with the group, and they had um, a whole week of services that they had put together for a revival. And I was up there preaching and ministering to people. And at the end, we had a beautiful altar call, and we started going through the odds and the ends of all of that. And I, I remember this as clean as it could ever be. It left such an impact on my spirit when this happened. But they knew my testimony. Okay? I, I was able to share with them the part of me that led me into the ministry. I was horribly addicted to heroin, horribly addicted to alcohol. And I came into a rehab center in 2013. And God slowly started to have his way with me just based off of my willingness level. Not because he's moving slow. <laughs> But he slowly started to have his way with me and to start to do more and more with me. And I had shared that sentiment with all of them. And I had never met this guy before. I had never spoken to him. We had never exchanged any kind of information other than what he had heard me say. And I'm tell he came up to the front of the church while I was praying for somebody. And he startled me. He, he scared me. Okay. When he came to the front of the church, he, he stood there. And he didn't say a word. And he just waited for the line to clear out of people that I was praying for. If the praise team's ready, they can come. I had gotten right in front of him. And he was ready to start. See, I know Pete, so I'll mess with him this morning, okay? <laughs> and he came up to me and he was standing up. And I had my hands up in the air like this, just praying for people. And he put your hand up, Pete. And he went like this. And then, through tear-filled eyes, he started saying, In Jesus' name, I claim his victory over drugs and alcohol for my brother Sam. And in Jesus' name, I start claiming, I'm claiming right now the same victory, Lord, that you put over his life from drugs and alcohol for my brother Sam right now. In Jesus' name, I claim that same victory. And I'm saying, and I'm saying this. I'm saying this in my spirit. I'm shocked. I'm completely shook, okay? Like, I'm like, whoa, what is going on right now? But I understood it. See, I got what he was doing. I got completely what he was doing because he came up, and guess what I got to be that day? The seed. May, I don't know, but maybe he was running on E. You see, I'm talking about big things, y'all. I'm talking about his brother winning the battle, the fight against something that plagues our community and so much. And today he might have been running on E. He might have been stuck. And he heard something. And knowing that God is no respecter of persons, he got his cheeks up from his seat and he stumbled up to the front and he didn't exchange pleasantries with me. He didn't ask my permission. He didn't even want me to pray for him. I was only the mechanism. Do y'all, can y'all feel that with me? All I was, 
was the representation of what needed to grow in him that morning because it might have been too small. It might not have been big enough. I like Coastal because your pastor's got a big vision. I've been called naive before with the vision that I've had. We, um, we've done a lot of good work in our community, and guess what? I know it's not done. And I love working with pastors who have that same sentiment. And when I come and I listen and I want to be a part of the services, and I know that there's this opportunity that may be something that God embraces with you today will start to grow the potential of what's already in you. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? I already know it's there. Romans 12, go read it for yourself. He's been dealing it out. I'll tell you what the first step is that you need to do. If you haven't made a commitment to Christ, it would be my privilege to be the one to help you make that introduction. Step one, make sure that you understand where it comes from, and that's this, this relationship with Christ. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Bow your heads with me. When Jesus comes in your life, in your heart, in your mind, he starts to do his work. And sometimes his work looks like a major obstacle that he's given you the ability to conquer. I'll tell you what it does. It shifts your momentum. If you haven't made that commitment to Christ, I just want you to bow your head, close your eyes. Repeat this after me. Father God, Father God I love you this morning. I, love you this morning. I thank you for how powerful your word is. For how consistent it is. And Lord, I know that there is that place that's running on E. So this morning, as an act of faith, I ask you to be Lord of my life. Step into the situations that look like obstacles that I may have victory over them. And that may that victory bear witness to all those that I would help of thy love and thy power and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Amen. While we sing, would you give them that piece of you that's holding you back? Jesus. Well, we hope this podcast has blessed you. In case you didn't know, we are in the middle of renovating a brand new facility right here in Brunswick County, North Carolina. So listen, two things. Please take a moment and pray for us. Also, if you'd like to give to the ministry, sign on to the website at mycoastalchurch.com slash giving. Hey, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Grace and peace.